The podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay. I mean, read. <laughs> we'll explore it all. Classic bodice ripping historical romance, provocative political thrillers, sexy sci-fi, and everything in between. Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers. We'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is. We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin. Hi. Hi. How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good. I, this week was a re-entry from oh. vacation oh. for me. Those uh, are hard weeks, though. It was, and my business partner also, like... I got home on Sunday night, and he left Monday morning at oh. 7 a.m. for Mexico, because <laughs> August is the, <laughs> like, literally. Oh, boy. Uh, it's a big month for vacation for our uh, company, and so um, mm. it, I was a little bit nervous, but that's, it's yeah. actually been, like, a fairly gentle re-entry. Oh, that's good. Everyone's been so nice to me. <laughs> like, they recognize that I've just come back from vacation, and I'm fragile. <laughs> they don't want to like break your vacation yes. buzz. Everyone calls me and they're like, "Hi, how was Hi. your vacation?" Oh, <laughs> they're very sweet. Um, so it hasn't been too bad. Um, and I, when we were setting the date to record this week, I was like, "Oh crap, I'm not ready." And then I was like, "Wait, yes, I am. I read my book before I went on vacation." It's <laughs> also nice. So I just like really set myself up for success. That's so good. Yeah. How are you doing? You're gonna go on vacations pretty soon. Yes, I went to enter my vacation in my like work calendar, and I saw that like my boss, like my only boss, is like. She had like work from home listed on that week, and I was like, "Uh oh," <laughs> but I was just like, "Oh well." Yeah. Like, I mean, I yeah, like I had already like gotten it approved or whatever. I just like hadn't put it in the work calendar, and I was like, "She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Vacation is important. Yeah, um, around with it. Yeah, it's also ironic that we are. <laughs> I'm going to the exact same place that you went. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so funny. Yes. Um, the beach house with the beautiful view yes. and the shitty everything else, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, and it was insanely, ridiculously hot today, but I was freezing cold because my work jacks their air conditioning up. Oh, did you go to a male-owned business and work all day? Where I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, our business is male-owned, but, like, it's... I mean, it's jacked up because we have people who work outside who need a cold place to come in. So I totally get right. it. I guess it's fair. Yeah. When I, so we just moved offices at work and I like the first day in the new office, it was really hot. And so after our like all company meeting, I, to my business partner, I was like, um, did you know that your mail owned business is too cold inside? I'm freezing. <laughs> what do you say to that? Uh, 
<laughs> he was like, I'm so sorry. Let me turn it up for you. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had just had like a 20-person <laughs> meeting, our one and only, because now it's like, no, you know, we right. all wore our masks and, you know, it was in our right. like brief moment when yeah. we thought things might be getting better. Right. <sighs> no. Yeah, surprise they're not. But um, anyway, so that's why, obviously, it was freezing in there. But yeah, so yeah. it was fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, everyone was asking me. They were like, "Oh, like back to the masks or whatever." And like, I actually like my office. Like, never took away. Like, no, we never I was, did like, masking the whole time. Yeah, our whole industry <laughs> has been masking the whole time. Yeah. Um, I mean, just doing anything in person that was like more yeah. than three or four people gathered in one place yeah. was new for us. Um, oh, right, sure. And yeah, so now we're not doing that again <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Even though we have this big, new, beautiful office, which is a bummer, but. Um, yeah, back to masks. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. was like, I literally went in a public space without a mask, like, one time. Like, before. I don't think I ever did. Like, yeah. I still, like, I mean, we've been doing grocery pickup, like, this whole time. So, like, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway. I, like, might never enter a grocery store without a mask again. I'm like. I mean, it, honestly, yeah, if, if masks in that kind of, like, public environment, like, stayed the norm, I would not be mad about it. Like, Same. I feel like I would get sick so much yeah. less. Like, I could do with fewer colds. Like, I'm like, fine with that. Like, all through winter. Yeah, like, totally. Anyway. Yeah. So, I had, like, I went to, like, one coffee shop. Uh, Like, it was in that one week where right. I was, like, optimism. Before. <laughs> before our dreams yeah. were crushed. Yeah. Um, But, anyway. Obviously, happy to do it. Happy to be extra yes. careful. Yes. Jeez. B- but. Bummed that it's necessary but yeah anyway. yeah all, all right, right. Well, should we talk about what we're drinking because we need some drinks let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all right this is my turn to go first and therefore um i made this beautiful yellow and purple drink um all right so the book that i read this week is back in the burbs oh um, by tracy wolf and avery flynn it was a collaboration a double author yeah interesting okay. um but so this book kind of like takes well it's back in the burbs so it takes place in a suburb um and the suburb is called huckleberry hills Aww. um and the main character inherits a house that was lived in by a hoarder so okay. i'm sorry just i'm just gonna interject for one second this is the most unfair trope in all romance novels. <laughs> it's like, why have I not inherited a seaside inn to run? <laughs> like, uh, people yeah. are just inheriting gorgeous <laughs> rural properties right and left. <laughs> oh, and oh no, it's packed to the gills with someone's hoarder shit. Like, yeah, like you could not, like, I would pay you to go through that shit. Yes, literally. Like, oh, I have to load things into a truck for one week. And oh, there's a hot, grumpy neighbor neighbor that I have to, like, you know, seduce. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so I don't need to talk about my book now because you just covered everything. <laughs> um, all right. The drink. Yes. <laughs> Get back to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the drink is called Huckleberry Hoarder. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So it's two ounces of vodka half an ounce of limoncello, and three ounces of lemonade. You're going to put those into a shaker, shake them over ice, um, pour it into a hall, hall high, high ball glass. High ball glass. <laughs> um, oh. uh, and then uh, toss in a healthy handful of huckleberries and garnish with a lemon twist. So summery. Mm-hmm. So August. Perfect. So delicious. It's a, it is a little sweet, but who cares? It's delicious. <laughs> You gotta live a little. (laughs) All right. Should we take a break? 
Let's take a break and then we'll get into it. All right, and we're back. Let's do this. All right, so I'm going to read the back of my book. Are I'm ready. You? Okay, you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ever had one of those days where life just plain sucks? Welcome to my last three months. Ever since I caught my can't-be-soon-enough ex-husband cheating with his paralegal. Ooh. I'm 35 years old, and I've lost my New York City apartment, my job, my money, and frankly, my dignity. But the final heartache <laughs> in the suck sandwich of my life, my great... <laughs> My great aunt Maggie, Maggie died, the only oh. family member who's ever gotten me. Even after death, though, she's helping me get back up. Oh, I just scrolled. Okay. She's willed me the keys to a house in the burb of all places, in the burbs of all places, and dared me to grab life by the family jewels. Oh. <laughs> well, I've got the vice grips ready in hand. <laughs> my ex should take note, and I'm ready to fight for my life again. Too bad the bravado only lasts as long as it takes to drive into Huckleberry Hills and see the house. There are 47 separate HOA violations, and I feel them all in my bones. Honestly, I'm surprised no one's accidentally torched the house yet. I want to, and I've only been standing in the front for five minutes. But then my hot, grumpy neighbor <laughs> tells me to <laughs> yeah, tells me to mow the lawn first, and I'm just done. Done with men too sexy for their own good and done with anyone telling me what to do ever again. <laughs> First rule of surviving the burbs, there's nothing that YouTube and a glass of wine can't conquer. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, love her already. I yeah. also imagine already, I'm like imagining all of the like hilarious, chuggy, um, <laughs> like wordy art pieces in the house that are like. <laughs> I mean, I can just, yeah, I can just like picture this house like great Aunt Maggie, hoarder, like, oh, my God. Um, all right. So casting this book. All right. So Mallory is the main character. Mallory. Mallory. Love her already. I cast her as Brie Larson. Nice. Oh, I love Brie Larson. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the, uh, the grumpy neighbor, Nick. Uh Uh-huh. Chris Evans. Captain America? Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh my God. You paired Captain America and Captain Marvel? (laughs) Yeah. No, there's like, um... There's so this many hot is actually like this. This book. this book hits like really close to home for me. Like Nick is like actually very similar to my husband in many ways. <laughs> like, um, like he's not an engineer, but he is like very orderly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything in his house is like neat and perfect. And yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So main tropes. Um, unexpected inheritance like yes obviously the one that makes me the most jealous of all of these (laughs) it's not the relationship i'm jealous of yeah it's the free property (laughs) right um all right so overall thoughts um so okay after we got into like that hilarious like back of the book and everything the book ended up actually being a little bit heavier than that kind of like implies yeah there's definitely some like really light moments but then there's also some like really heavy like feelings and dialogue and like her life like shitty things like really happened to her like and they're like very detailed and you know it's more than just like a cheating husband it's like this guy like 
fucked her up like yeah. <laughs> like gaslighting like basically like she helped him support um or like start and support this business she like worked for the business yep. for like nothing for a long time and then like as they're going through a divorce it's like oh well she had no income like you know like he's yeah it's she gets whole nothing thing. for all it's invisible labor it's, exactly yeah. oh, um that's so frustrating um exactly but yeah so like those kind of like heavy moments like paired with this just like amazing setup was like a little bit of like a there's like anticipation and i'm like oh they're gonna talk about all the stuff in the hoarder house they're gonna talk about like fixing up this amazing historic house <laughs> but then it's just like they don't really get to that they don't really get to that yes that's yeah. a little bit of a spoiler but like they they talk about like some a little bit um and they do find a box of dildos so. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so like that was great um but i did kind of find myself like skimming through some oh, of the like hey. yeah i'm like all right yeah. like but like mostly just because I was like excited about the like hoarders, stuff. Yeah. like 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 you I, just need to go watch an episode of hoarders. I mean, I do all the like that's, that show is actually traumatic as shit. But like I mean, well, yes, okay, it's I like totally, a guilty pleasure, like yes, along with like totally. all the TLC shows. Like it's yes. like that's like I would watch that. Like you're stuck in a hotel and like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like just turn it on. Like there's an episode of hoarders. There's an episode of um I don't know fixer upper. Like yep. you know it's yeah that's my jam. But yeah. It, it, yeah, so like that was like a little bit like it left me wanting more. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And then the other thing. So like part of this whole thing is like she inherits the house, um, but she it like there's like taxes owed. So like she inherits it, but you have to pay. Yes. A oh, my tax God. Real life actually happened yeah. in this book. Yes. yes. So like, yes, yeah, so like you inherit a house, but then you owe cash on that inheritance not like, to mention how do you, you have to like pay, pay property that. taxes and stuff and yeah if you have like no income and now you've inherited this beautiful property and the property taxes are like 10 grand <laughs> a year what the heck are you supposed to do with exactly that? so that's like the setup and like she keeps talking about like okay this house is like full of crap and like like or like stuff you know she like just like describes it it's not extremely like extremely valuable dildos ex- well <laughs> extremely valuable like like yeah like i thought the setup was like oh my god she's gonna like start an antique store or like sure. she's gonna sell this stuff on ebay or like yep. but like that that also didn't happen so it's a little like come on <laughs> missed opportunities here yeah um Anyway, but, like, getting back to the story, like, it is lovely. Like, her relationship with the love interest is amazing. So, like, just sex positive and, like, consent. And, like, Uh. honestly, the sex scenes in this novel were, like, some of the best I've read recently. Like, sexy consent is so so sexy. sexy. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, focus on her Yes. Which is, like, so sexy in a dude, right? Oh, my like, God. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, uh, my book has this, too. Yes. So good. Um, yeah, and I, so, and I didn't have to, like, suspend my feminism because, like, right. he, he is kind of, like, I mean, I'm just going to, like, say this. Like, this could be for, like, a million books, but, like, he is, like, the Mr. Darcy type. Like, mm-hmm. dark and brooding, but, like, misunderstood. Secret cinnamon roll. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. Um, so good. Okay. And so I... This book is written by two authors. So, like, yeah, I kind right. of, like, wonder if, like, that's where this, like, campy butting mm-hmm. up against these, like, heavy, like, emotional turmoil right. thing, like, comes from. So, I did a little bit of a background research into these authors. And this is not my deep dive. This is okay. just part of my <laughs> book <laughs> review. <your> <laughs> Yeah, so Avery Flynn is, like, a well-known romance author. She has 56 books listed on Goodreads. God, some of these authors um, are so prolific. There, yeah, there's several of them are series. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, and the the one that people might know best is Awkward, which I have like seen, but I haven't read. Yeah. Um, and so like her books all kind of appear to be like contemporary romances. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tracy Wolf is known for like paranormal re- romance. Um, okay. Her best known series is is a se- I yeah I think it's a series. The like main book is called Crave, or it's like the Crave series. Oh, I, th- which I, I think I think I've maybe seen that one around. Yeah, or like werewolves. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, and she has 80 books listed on Goodreads. Um, books. So, but I found out that they are they they work for the same publisher. So, like, oh, I'm sure that's that that's they how probably they met. met and yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of like. To me, I can like imagine them like writing this book together. Totally, like, <laughs> I think I have only ever read one book that was co-authored. I mean, yeah. it was a fiction book, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. like tons of nonfiction. But um, Good Omens is, I think, the only one oh. I've read. And uh, you know, I love both of those authors, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Also, now it's an amazing series. Um, but anyway, it's interest. I, I, even though I, both of those authors, authors are like in my top 10 Mm -hmm. it was not i mean i love good omens but like the push pull of the Mm co-authorship is sometimes it's a you can really spot the differences which can take you out of it a little bit yeah so in this book like i i didn't feel like there weren't like heavy transitions like it wasn't obvious like oh this author wrote this chapter or like this author wrote that chapter and i do kind of wonder because this is this is contemporary yeah um so I and so like it wasn't obvious to me like where the transitions were. I just wonder if like that's how like the two themes, you know, like yeah. those things like butt against those like sort of like comedic, you know, and these like heavy emotional, yeah, um, two styles so, coming together, two styles, yeah. yeah. Um, but I I thought it worked great, and like um, I think there might be I think this might be a start of a series, or like oh, I nice. think they might be doing more, yeah. Um, when I was researching this, there was like a, there was like, it sounded like they couldn't announce it yet, Got but it. they were like, big things are coming. Wink, wink. Yep. Yep. Wink, so, wink. Nudge, nudge. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'd be into it. And then now I actually, I actually do want to know like which one of them wrote the sex scenes because I was into the sex scenes. So I want to know like nice. where to go for more. Sounds um, like you yeah. have some stuff to add to your TBR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. So. Um, all right, let's get into ratings. Um, readability, um, four. Hotness, I did go with four. Maybe it's a 4.5. Oh, dang. I just, I want to, like, leave some room, you know, like, totally. always leave room just, for improvement. We're just but, getting started. <laughs> yeah. Um, and romance, like, there was a lot of good romance and good tension, but it wasn't the, like, lovey-dovey romance. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a Mr. Darcy type, so he's, like, dark and brooding. There's and, a little like, bit of, like, withholding. And, yes, yes, but, well, and that's, like, sort of the part of, like, the, like, sexy consent. Like, as soon as she was, like, let's do this, he was, like, all in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, also my jam. He just needed her to say it first. Yes. Like, yeah. Exactly. And, like, thought. he waited for her to do it. He, like, gave uh, her space to do it, yep. gave her space to realize, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and overall four, like this, like, yeah, read it on vacation, read it on a plane. It sounds solid. To be honest, read it's it not wherever. something I ever would have picked up, like, back yeah. to the verbs. I, like, oh, that would not. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it actually sounds wonderful. <laughs> right. Um, vibe check, like, yes, like we talked about, like, it's great on consent. Um, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a diversity issue. It's white yep. as fuck. Yes. Um, it's a common problem. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some like possible possible characters like um, 
it was like a contractor that like you know had a hispanic sounding name and like but it, it's just it's not addressed or talked about which to me means like it's not include like it, right that's not right including diversity like no 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 it's yeah. definitely not it needs to, i mean in romance <clears throat> specifically it's like it's got to be a lead like yeah. having it be in the supporting cast is, there's so little expected from them in these novels that, right like it really yeah it's like doesn't count. it was like they were like of like afterthought of like oh we should make this person a minority maybe yeah <laughs> like but also then like giving a minority a job that's like typically associated with minorities yeah. is mm-hmm. not great yeah <laughs> um all right <clears throat> favorite line uh and this is one of the like funny kind of like lighthearted lines it's not one of these great sex scene lines i'm so disappointed <laughs> well I, I, I guess i'll have to read it i mean i wanted to but i like couldn't find something that wasn't like so like nc-17 rated that i was like i don't know like <laughs> I, we haven't decided like how deep we're going on this like, how, right how dirty how are deep, we getting how dirty are we getting <laughs> um so all right <clears throat> My ovaries just need an exorcism. That's all. I'm going to go on a lunch date with a sexy young contractor, let him pull out my chair, make me laugh, offer me compliments, and if eventually he wants to show me his hammer, I'm going to say, yes, please, pound it harder. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so, like, that's, yeah, her inner monologue goes from these, like, hilarious, like, that kind of thing to, like, oh, but, like, my life, and where did I go wrong? Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. which we all contain multitudes, right? Right. Um, but I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's great. Awesome. <clears throat> all right, I'm to my deep dive now. Let's do it. All right, and I after I had written this, I realized that like you might actually like kind of know something about. So, I'm doing oh. it on HOAs. Oh. Because, <laughs> like weren't you the like well, yeah, when I lived in a condo, I did manage an HOA, and then, of course, I uh, encounter them in my work now exactly. as a realtor, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, I got, like, all the way through it, and I was like, wait. This is hilarious. Oh, well. I can't wait to provide <laughs> spiteful commentary. Yeah, and, like, me, like, I have zero experience oh, with being in or encountering an HOA, Well, so. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and guess that everyone's going to know how I feel about them by the end of this. <laughs> oh, Yeah. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, homeowners associations, sometimes called property owners associations, it's a private association often formed in either a building with multiple owner occupancies or by a real estate developer for the purpose of marketing, managing, and selling homes in a residential subdivision. So, in the U.S., typically the, the developer um, transfers uh, the control of the HOA after selling a predetermined number of lots, mm-hmm. which um, to me seems like a major, like, why would you, like, you have no idea what this HOA is going to be like when you're buying a lot. Like, why, like, it's this Well, it is. Yeah, that's how, yeah. how it always goes. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, and so... Participation in the HOA is generally mandatory um, if you want to live in one of these places, and you must obey all the governing documents, including Articles of Incorporation, Covenants, Conditions, and Restrictions, and Bylaws. Um, They're typically made to affect the pace of growth, quality of life, level of taxations, and property values. Um, Rules on HOAs vary state to state, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, in the U.S., HOAs were first established by land developers in, like, the early to mid-20th centuries, um, and they became more common in the 60s um, due to, like, the, like there was bigger, like, national growth and, like, a few, um, like, uh, there, there was, like, 
transportation became easier to like get out of the cities and like mm-hmm. all these things. Like the development in um, non-urban areas became at least skyrocketed. Well, I mean, this is like when the suburbs were becoming <coughs> exactly a thing. like there. Be- you know, previous to this, there was the city or there was rural. rural. Yes, there was exactly. The, yeah. So right. Um, so. All right, so some of the first HOAs um, were formed in Los Angeles County, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, all right, so since we can't get into anything without getting into some really depressing and racist shit. <laughs> like, literally everything <laughs> in America is affected by racist shit. So, yeah, so, like, a lot of the early HOAs were, like, they, like, were sold as, like, design, like a way to design, like, structural and architectural architectural like integrity and like it helps like Mm -hmm. people manage their properties yes Um, it's true my neighbor parking their car three (laughs) inches south of where they normally do really affects my life right um (laughs) but they were also designed to maintain a certain racial purity Mm -hmm. such as the exclusion of non-caucasians non-christians jews etc yeah so um for example a racial covenant in a seattle neighborhood read no part of said property hereby conveyed shall ever be used or occupied by any Hebrew or any person of Ethiopian, Malay, or any Asiatic race. Wow, that is so broad. Yeah. Well, it's like so broad against people from like any Asian country, yeah. but then only Ethiopia specifically in Africa. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. anyway, but yes. Um, so Horrifying. this kind of covenant was ruled unenforceable uh, by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1948, um, but private contracts were still mm-hmm. able to keep these alive um, until the Fair Housing Act of 1968. But, uh-huh. as we all know, there's many other ways alive and well oh boy, to are keep... there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every day in my job it still comes up. So, I mean, actually, like, well, we're getting deep into the weeds I know. here. I don't want to go too off I know. Topic, I will months later. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, that's like, yeah. Okay. The, I Well, I have more, but like that was like the the deepest part of the depressing bit. And I was yeah. like, all right, I need to like move back to <laughs> I mean. What podcast is this? <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, arguments about like maintaining HOAs, like, like, all right. So houses and HOAs have prices, prices that are on average at least 4% greater than similar houses outside of HOAs. Um, And so the HOA premium correlates with the stringency of local land use regulation, local government spending on public goods, and measures of social attitudes towards race. So it... There's, like, correlation. It's really going to vary based on, like, state by state. So, like, interestingly, where we live... In Oregon, you're going to see that most often the opposite is true. Just like how here in Oregon, or in Portland, the greater Portland area specifically, like older homes have a higher value. So like right. you can have two homes right next door to each other. One is brand new and is like super energy efficient mm-hmm. and super inexpensive to live in and operate because it requires no maintenance and is so energy efficient. And that house will sell for less than the old ass boy next door because people really pay for charm here. And that's true right. in a lot of yeah. big cities. Um, and a lot of folks around here do not appreciate an HOA. So like an HOA makes sense in a big building right. where you have shared maintenance costs, right? Because that has to be divided fairly and equitably among all owning parties. Right. 
So, like, when you're living in a condo, yeah, you got to have an HOA. But HOAs in single-family home communities are, like, almost exclusively used to oppress your neighbors. And, like, right. there is just an expectation of, like, who wants to live in an HOA? Well, who wants to live in an HOA, exactly. right? Someone who wants yeah. to control what their neighborhood is like. So, um Anyway, I don't love them. Yeah. <laughs> They're oh, super yeah. problematic. And there are so many reasons why. I mean, like, there's real estate in general has, like, one of the most problematic histories of all the institutions in America. And uh, it's still ongoing. Like, right. Well, and, like, this is just sort of, I mean, there's, like, plenty of, like, um, things through, done through, like, um, what am I trying to say? Like, the municipality, like, like through the city and the state yeah. rules and like there's so there's like tons of other things like suppressing minorities and like oh yes other well, than I mean, like, pri- <laughs> like this is just the private institutionalized racism <laughs> exactly. racism is a huge problem and it's like yeah All from right. the beginning but yeah. yeah it's HOAs are yeah. problematic right. um, yeah. um yeah so I have a little bit more yeah um so there have been like some lawsuits where people have like kind of like fought their HOAs nice. Um, but generally, like a 1994 California Supreme Court, um, ended up saying that, like, you, if you willingly knew that you bought a house or, like, you know, with this mm-hmm. existing body, like, that's, like, too bad for you. Like, you right. have to follow these rules. Like, as long yeah. as these rules are, like, legal and don't, you know, um, don't break any other laws or, you know, sure. like, yeah, like, yeah, so... Yeah, and, like, for me, like, that's, like, a little, like, what if you inherited, like, in this case, like, you inherit a house, like, you didn't mm-hmm. buy that, like, you still have to follow, still have to follow anyway. the rules. Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay, and then, so, the most recent information I could find was 2010, yeah, 2010, um, an estimated 24.8 million American homes um, housing 62, 62 million residents um, were governed by HOAs, um, and I did the math for the population of the U.S. in 2010, and that's about 88%. <laughs> Eight so percent. Yeah, so not that high. Yeah, but anyway, that's it. Yeah, that's all I've gotten. Interesting. Wow. Well, I could start a whole other podcast on right? <laughs> problematic <laughs> shit in real estate. <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, but yeah, no HOAs are not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I know when I was looking for a house, I actively <laughs> did not want an yeah, HOA. Yeah, no, so. that's where most of my yeah. clients are, and I. They're also impossible to work with. Like, they have these huge bodies of rules and regulations, and some of them will be, like, followed to the letter, because that's, like, the one thing that Mm -hmm. everyone in the community has a problem with. But most of them don't even know what all their rules and regulations are. They have a hard time providing any of their documents to people who are even buying houses in their community. So it is a really difficult system to manage, and everyone is so different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Stop worrying about other people's lawns. <laughs> Mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> All right. Okay. Should we take a break? Yeah. All right. We're back. So this week, um, I read Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Um, Talia. <gasps> Talia. I oh. just want to be her best friend. Oh. <laughs> she sounds amazing. So back in our first week, mm-hmm. I did Beach Read by Emily mm-hmm. Henry, which um, the main character in that one was January Andrews, who was a writer, and she wrote women's literature, women's fiction is what she called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole joke was like, I write books with happy endings. Okay. 
That is, this is like what Talia writes. And like, when I was reading Beach Read, I was like, books only with happy endings. That's silly. <laughs> but then I'm like, this is the best book I've ever read. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, Talia has like a special way. Anyway, I'm going to get into it. But yes, so I read Get a Life, Chloe Brown, which is the first book in a three book series. Um, and each book focuses on one brown sister. So there's three sisters in this family. They each get a book. So this is the first one about Chloe. Uh, so I will read the back of the book. Chloe Brown is a chronically ill computer geek with a goal, a plan, and a list. After almost, but not quite, dying, she's come up with seven directives to help her get a life, and she's already completed the first, finally moving out of her glamorous family's mansion. The next items? Enjoy a drunken night out. Ride a motorcycle. Go camping. Have a meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex. Sorry, have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex. <laughs> Travel the world with nothing but hand luggage and dot, 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 do something bad. Ooh. <laughs> but it's not easy being bad, even when you've written step-by-step -step guidelines on how to do it correctly. <laughs> what Chloe needs is a teacher, and she knows just the man for the job. Redford Red Morgan is a handyman with tattoos, a motorcycle, and more sex appeal than 10,000 Hollywood heartthrobs. He's also an artist who paints at night and hides his work in the light of day, which Chloe knows because she spies on him occasionally. Just the teeniest, tiniest bit. <laughs> but when she enlists Red in her mission to rebel, she learns things about him that no spy session could teach her. Like why he clearly resents Chloe's wealthy background, and why he never shows his art to anyone, and what really lies beneath his rough exterior. Aww. I would buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, casting the book. I actually, so I had quite an easy time casting Red, the love interest. Uh, and this is a dual point of view book. So you get okay. the book from both of their points of view, which is like my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, so I was totally imagining Red, uh, which he obviously, if you couldn't tell by the name, has long red hair. Um, but I was imagining him as like a young Heath Ledger, like 10 Things I Hate About oh, You, Heath Ledger, yes. but like with red hair. Like, yes. so fucking charming. Just everyone loves Dimples. him. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> he rides a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like a little, he's like a little bit roguish, except that he's super sweet and charming and everyone loves him mm. kind of rogue, you mm. know? Um, not like a nerf herder full on, but like a sweet rogue. Anyway. Mm. Um, and then, so for Chloe, I kind of, so I have Amber Riley, which is, she's Mercedes from Glee. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's mostly who I imagine because like, she literally like wears all the same outfits that they wear in Glee. It's always like cute little floral skirts and cardigans and like very buttoned up. Oh, like, was she a cheerleader in Glee? No, she was oh. not a cheerleader. Um, I mean, she was like the only black woman on Glee. Um, and she, I don't think she was in season one. Okay. Um, but anyway, you know, she's like kind of preppy and buttoned up and, um, that's totally Chloe. Like Chloe is like type A, right? Like obviously lists were mentioned like four times in the back of book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, she's also chronically ill. She's got fibromyalgia. So it's like just straight up chronic pain, which is a huge mm. bitch to live with. Oh, yeah. And so it's like that perfect balance of like, she's so buttoned up and she's got like everything planned down to like the nth degree. But then like, 
you know, sometimes she has an episode and she's kind of a mess. And it's like the cutest, most adorable thing ever. Mm. Anyway, um, so that was my fan cast. And then, yeah, for the main tropes, actually, this book didn't have any really big tropes. I mean, there's like, they do live in the same building because he's like the superintendent of her building. It's a British book. Um, but like, they're not, the forced proximity is not like a thing in the book. Um, and then there's kind of, you know, like she's type A and she falls for this kind of like sweet goof, which is kind of a trope, but yeah, no big ones. Um, so anyway, overall thoughts, um, can you tell that I liked it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just adored it in every way. Um, Talia Hibbert is like, she is just a master of chemistry, like, Mm. This So this wasn't even my first Brown Sisters book. I actually read the third one first, um, At Your Age, Eve Brown. And they it was the same thing with that one. Like, for one, these books were, are really been, like, a big eye-opener for me about, like, what modern romance can really be. Mm. Like, they're so sex positive. They're diverse and representative of, like, a huge range of people and bodies and backgrounds. And they are so fucking hot. They're so hot. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're here for Yes. So it just was like a joy to read them, you know? Um, they're not like totally reinventing the wheel in terms of like the romance plot, but they're just beautiful for what they are. Um, so like the only problem is that I would say that like the narrative tension and pacing is like just okay. You know, mm. like there's, it's another one where it's like, the tension between the characters is beautiful. The chemistry is sparkling and they're magnetic and it's engaging. But it's like, okay, well, how do you take two people who are fucking perfect together and create any kind of tension? Right. You know? And so some of it felt a little bit contrived, again, with the, like, things could have been easily resolved with a conversation. Right. And, you know, to, like, draw out that drama. Um, And I just generally don't love, like, verbal miscommunication as the main narrative tension. Mm. It just kind of bums me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And then the other thing is, like, when they're resistant to each other because they're like, oh, well, I might get hurt. Oh, I love him too much. I'm too into him. And I'm like, Oh, God, it. yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. It's, like, do people actually do that in real life? Like, I mean, I- probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people who are, like, mature and have been hurt before and don't want to go down that path again, maybe. But these were, like, young people. Maturity. So I'm like, go for it. <laughs> What's, What's that? that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, that would be my only drawback for this one. But, um, I mean, Talia Hibbert, her characters are just, they're well-written, they're dynamic, and the, like, banter is amazing. I love the dual point of views. Like, you don't always get that, that um, the love interest's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to, like, feel it from both sides. Um, and Red is just, uh, he's so good. He's, like, so charming and so sweet. And he, like, literally just cares for her so delicately and carefully. And he's, like concerned about her without being like overbearing or being like you know you're ill you have a problem and you need to rest he's just like so careful mm. and thoughtful and it's like oh so good yes men written by women <laughs> um and yeah so great banter lingering eye contact just so much good stuff and the spicy scenes are long they are Ooh. in depth 
They're explicit. <laughs> they are just so hot. Um, like when I was looking back to like find a good scene to pull one of my favorite quotes from, I was like, went back to my favorite scene that I remembered and I was like, damn this thing. I'm like turning the page five times. <laughs> I'm like, and it's still going and they haven't even slept together yet. You know, like it's so good. It's so good. Um, and yeah. So anyway, I just, it's lovely for what it is, you know, like it will get you in the mood. It is heartwarming. The characters are sweet. You are rooting for them the whole time. Um, there's no content warnings. I mean, like, obviously, Chloe is suffering with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. That's tough. But like, she hasn't managed. She knows how to take care of herself. She's mm-hmm. like a grown ass woman who has her shit together. Um, and so there's no content warnings around it. It's just like a great example of like, a person who exists in a body that you don't often see in romance and she's got to figure it out. So good. It's oh my God. Really refreshing. Oh, it's, I was going to ask no, you. Okay. Well, Go for it. Uh, well, so I, you had recommended the third one to me yes. since you said you read that, but I haven't read it yet. So like, <sighs> how do they compare? Like, is this one better? Oh, <laughs> um, I love them both. Okay, so no, no, I that's love, a good answer. Yeah, so the third one is so great because Eve, and I, I think it actually says this exact thing on the back of the book, but it's like, Eve's a certified hot mess. And I'm like, yes, yes my favorite <laughs> kind of character. All right. Um, and so they're both wonderful. And um, like speaking of not free real estate, but the like general sense of like going to a bed and breakfast for a romance novel. The third one has that. Ooh. And it's so delightful. <laughs> um, so I love that part. Okay. But they're both great. And they're okay. just like, you know, they're easy reads. You can read mm-hmm. them in like two days. They just go yeah. right down. Yep. Yeah. Um, so just can't wait to read more from Talia. Um, so I still have the third, the middle Brown Sisters book to read, which I'm very excited about. And then, yeah, we'll talk more about her other books that this extremely young woman has already written her. She's just so prolific. Um, okay. So I think we got through all my like overall thoughts. So my ratings. Readability, like four to four and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just well done. It flows. There's a few problems with tension, but mostly it's wonderful. Um, like heat or hotness level, I give it a four. Mm, like, it's, yeah, it's fucking sexy. Man. We we both read some sexy yeah, books we this week. <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the romance also like four and a half. Like they are just yeah, so cute together. I just love them. Um, I love Chloe. I am also a list writer. So yeah, like, like lists all over her apartment. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, she's the best. Um, so yeah, overall, 4.5 out of 5. Beautiful book. Loved it. Loved every moment. Okay. Uh, does it pass the vibe check? Oh my gosh, like 110%. Um, you know, obviously it's romance. Limited cast of characters, but it's an interracial couple. They're from totally different backgrounds. Uh, and it's nice to see a black woman from an affluent black background. Yeah. And a white man from a less affluent background, you know, like raised by a single mom. Um... And, of course, Chloe has fibromyalgia, and it's not, like, I mean, kind of said this before, like, it's not in, like, a throwaway, tokenistic kind of way, mm-hmm. like, oh, and she has chronic pain. It's, like, a real part of her life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big part of her character. She's informed by it. It has, like, a really clear impact on her life, 
and where she is in her life right now. Um, so it's like, it doesn't define her, but it is a part of her. It's affected her life, but like, it doesn't totally ruin it. You know, she right. has it under control. It's just, it's so perfectly done. Um, and then, yeah, red is just like a total cinnamon roll. I love that term, <laughs> but it's so perfect. Um, <laughs> and you know, he's got his own trauma. He has like a past relationship with a wealthy narcissist, which causes mm. some problems in their relationship. Because Chloe's also from a wealthy background. Um, but yeah, just overall beautifully done, wonderfully diverse. Um, okay. So my favorite line. Let's see here. End of chapter 17 on page 271. So this is just like a beautiful, like, he sees her kind of moment. <laughs> um, but it's also sexy. Um, all right. So uh, Chloe has just uh, had a nice, sweet release. <laughs> and they're wrapping things up. Um, and there's a whole lot of, like, Chloe getting a sweet release and then that being the end, which I mm. love. He's, like, very focused on her pleasure. Um, okay. Red held her tight and kissed her hard, and she sucked her own taste from his tongue. Then he brushed his lips over her tears and murmured, I knew you'd cry. She wasn't sure how her voice still worked, but she managed to ask, How? You feel so much, he said simply. <laughs> oh my <So> god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, so it, the whole thing's just so sweet, and I love it. Um... Okay, so for my deep dive, I just wanted to talk about Talia, and I mean a little bit about like kind of this changing face of like quote unquote mainstream romance, right? Because like, of course, there have always been black women writing romance. That's, this yeah. isn't like a new phenomenon, <laughs> um, but it it is a little bit new to have like queer and trans and um, you know. Other marginalized communities, black women and Latinx people at the forefront mm -hmm. of romance. And so, anyway, let's get into it. So, um, Talia Hibbert's Wikipedia is, like, scandalously short <laughs> for oh. a really fabulous and accomplished young author. Um, but based on some of her interviews, it turns out she was 22 when this book was published in 2019. So that makes her about 24 now. So another one who wrote a novel, many of them actually, during university. So she was 22, wrapping up her English degree um, when this book was published. This was her first book that was like published by a publishing house and not self-published. Um, and so she would be about 24 years old now. And all three Brown Sisters books were published with Avon Books. Um, but she had a whopping 15 self published novels oh wow um, before she was picked up by avon and so <laughs> oh interesting yeah 20 fucking four <laughs> um <laughs> and so many of these were written while she was wrapping up her english degree um and talia who herself is on the autism spectrum oh. and has fibromyalgia oh. um has like set a clear mission for herself to bring diverse and really complex heroines to life in her novels um she has a great interview with maureen lee lanker of entertainment weekly um that she did kind of right around when this first book chloe brown was coming out um and she kind of sums up why this is so important to her so i'll read her 
Um, so the question from Maureen was, you've said before that you see writing romance as an act of resistance and something you did because you were inspired by your grandmother. Could you elaborate on that and why you feel that way? And Talia says, romance is obviously a genre that relies on happy endings. Who does and doesn't deserve a happy ending and why they have, what they have to do to get there is a very controversial topic in our society. Inherently, we see people as either better than or less than people or more deserving or less deserving of happiness. When you choose to star in your romance novels and the happy ending that you, who you choose to star in your romance novels and the happy ending that you give them and the love that you show them being worthy of can be very political, especially because I write about black women. Black women are often dehumanized and shown as unworthy of love, unworthy of care and delicacy. We are presented as the ones who care for everyone else. So I do think it's very political and an act of resistance to center black women and femininity in romance novels. It's the same way in any form of representation that I choose, like the fact that Chloe is chronically ill and she gets a happy ending. That's not really something we're told that we deserve. We worry we'll be a burden on a relationship or people aren't going to understand it. So showing that's not true and giving Chloe a happy ending is inherently political. Love that. Yeah, amazing. Just beautiful. Um, and honestly, she just like gives great quote <laughs> in all her interviews. So I, I picked a few other gems uh, from this same Entertainment Weekly interview. It's not the only good one that's out there, but I really liked it. So um, another one she says is, it's always been really, really important to me that I represent diverse body types in my romance to show that all different kinds of people can be attractive and all different kinds of people deserve happy endings. Chloe is a fat woman and that's a positive thing. It's important to me that it's said explicitly and in a positive way rather than, oh, you can't use that word because it's a bad word or it's a bad thing to be. It's not. So that's why that was important to me. She says, on modern romance covers. Yeah, I love the illustrated covers. I really enjoyed The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. And the reason I bought it in the first place was because I saw the cute little cartoon cover and was like, oh, that reminds me of back in the day when everything was very chick lit and you could read all these fun books with bubbly heroines. It took me back, but it was even better because it was pure romance. Mm. I was very on board with them. People are being stealth and tricked into reading romance, and then they read it, and they're like, whoa, this is actually good. And I'm like, yeah, duh, you're one of us now. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I love. One of us. Um, and so, anyway, Talia is just one of many diverse authors whose works are being recognized really as, like, the best that romance has to offer. Um, so I just... For fun, I pulled the um, Goodreads Best of Romance list from last year, for 2020. And this is a user-generated list, right? So that's mm -hmm. important to note. This is not done by, like, critics. This is by, like, right. users of Goodreads. It's, like, a voted-on contest. But um, anyway, so in the, like, top 12 or whatever, she was joined by um, Alexis Hall, Olivia Dade, Alexis Daria, whose book you had me at Ola, I covered mm, in a yeah. previous episode. Meryl Wilsner, Jasmine Gilroy, and all of these authors are putting um, marginalized groups at the forefront of their work. So mm. they're either queer leads or they're black or Latinx leads or Asian leads. Um, and so it was, it just was lovely to see like 40 to 50% of the books on the top ones chosen were like non-white or non-cisgendered yeah. or non-straight leads. So it just is, it's a very exciting time to like see all these authors being so well represented and these characters being so well represented in romance. Um, 
Not that they haven't always existed, because certainly they have, but to see right. them getting their due is awesome. Right. So, anyway, Talia's amazing. Read all her books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. good. So that's it for this week. Do you know what you were reading next week? I do. So next week, I will be reading Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfour. Um, and it is a queer Pride and, Pre- or, yeah, Pride and Prejudice retelling. All right. Modern day. Super stoked. Next week, I am reading Hotel Queens by Lee Winter, which is also a queer story. All right. All right. That'll be fun. Well, we will see you guys next week. See you then. Bye-bye.